Oh, wow, guys. Um, so good to be with you. So uh, good to enjoy the worship, the power of the worship, because it also forms part of the message. Um, but I've entitled my message, The Power of Prayer. And I just think so much part of our history, uh, by the way, here at Milneton, has been the power of prayer, the way God opened all the doors for this building to be um, renovated and become ours. And, um, and I just think that there's been nothing important in my life that has not come through the power of prayer and the incredible moving of God's Spirit. Right, the power of prayer. What an interesting topic. In a world where the need for God's power, I believe, increases day by day. You can look at the spilling over of disease, sickness, healthcare crisis, physical danger, absence of safety, chaos in government at every level. And it's not just our country, by the way. Economic meltdown, share price losses, marriage problems, children's problems. I can go on. The need for powerful prayer is growing by the minute. But the problem is fewer and fewer people believe in the power of prayer. And you know what Jesus said when the Son of Man returns? Will he find any faith left on the earth? Guys, I always go back to that scripture because I believe it's our task to raise the level of faith uh, through the power of, of the Word of God. But, you know, I just think the change from my dad's era because I grew up in an era where power and healing was just part of every service. My dad would go home depressed if a whole lot of people weren't healed. And I'm talking about genuine healings. Uh, I've seen some absolutely amazing healings. To even, if, to even a couple of decades ago, a friend of ours was dying with cancer, and she went all around the world, and she said, you know what, Graham and Jenny, nobody's praying for the sick. Uh, the, the ministry of healing is not what it used to be. But you know that from the Bible days until today, there have always been seasons when God's people have been unstoppable due to basically such simple things, really. Just a focus on God, a faith, a trust, a thanksgiving. And you might say, well, well, Graham, it's so far. How, How do you have powerful prayers? Nothing in the Bible is complicated. Um, you know, the early church grew with such astonishing results in the power ministry. It got to a point when Peter the Apostle would walk past people and people were healed through his shadow. Um, he would lay hands on handkerchiefs. You know, my dad uh, took that and he, he actually had prayer cloths made. Oh man, the, you know, the incredible miracles where someone would have a, a prayer cloth prayed over and sent to a, a family member in another city, and that person would be instantly healed. Um, you know, when the church prayed and Peter was being executed the next day, as a result of that prayer, an angel went in and uh, flung all the gates and doors open. And, uh, and you know, when Peter got to the praying church, they, they didn't believe it was Peter. Sometimes we pray so well, we'd, <laughs> we're shocked when the results come. And you know what Peter did? He had a cup of coffee with them all and a bite to eat and he went out and preached again. So um, absolutely awesome. Um, I think of my own father's ministry, tens of thousands of prayer, 
prayers that went up and resulted in healing. And, and through Facebook the other day, uh, a lady that's about 70 um, got hold of me through Facebook and she said, I've just been for a medical and I have perfect eyesight. Do you remember what I was like when I joined your church as a little girl? She was totally squint, couldn't see properly. Um, and in a sometimes a guy has a miracle service and then afterwards you think, were people really healed? She's still healed. Um, a withered hand. Uh, I saw a withered hand grow with a light on it and just that shaking. I mean, guys, healing is for real. Power ministry is for real. So you see, our task in the 21st century, I believe it's one of our tasks, is to restore biblical faith and the power of prayer. And we need to have the power of prayer in every single church and every single service and in every life group. Hold it. You, we should, I, had a, I ran a life group, I think, for 18 months, and our theme was miracle. I knew people got off airplanes and, and drove straight to life group just to get the last 20 minutes because we went through that phase where our faith was joined together and we saw miracle after miracle. So guys, come on, are you with me? Are we going to restore the power of prayer into our lives? So we're going to start with Scripture, I always believe everything begins and ends with Scripture. Um, and of course, it's our dear friend James. James, as I'm sure you've been told, is the, was the brother of Jesus and the leader of the Jerusalem church. He was a man of, of incredible wisdom um, and insight. And uh, you know, James just tells you like it is. That's it. That's it. Here it is. Um, he doesn't water down. He doesn't sugarcoat. So I quite enjoy James. You guys been reading the book of James? Amazing. Let's read from chapter 5, verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Um, are any of you happy? You should sing songs of praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. Good grief. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Guys, this has to be a key scripture in our lives. I come back to it. That the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power. Elijah was a human, just as we are. And when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Just think of Elijah. A country deep in sin. And he realized that drought was necessary to bring people to their knees. And he prayed for it. Guys, sometimes we look at droughts in our own land. Is that an opportunity to bring our country to its knees, to humble themselves before God? I don't know the answer. But I tell you what, one man who believed in the power of prayer changed a nation. And we should never give up on our nation. Okay, James is 
an application freak, as I've just said to you. It's by nature, it's by calling. I think that one of his favorite messages would have been the story that Jesus told, and, and, and it was, it's in the book of Matthew, probably written around about the same time he wrote his epistle. But what Jesus says, a house that's built on a rock is a house where the word of God is heard and applied. The house built on the sand is the house where you hear, you're still hearing the word, but it's not being applied. So it's not about how much time you spend in church. It's what you do with the word that you hear in church. That's where the power is. And James ministers uh, to the church always in circumstances where the rubber hits the tar. As I said, no theological debates with him, no arguments about concepts and ideas, um, just the practical truth of God. And really what he's saying is the gospel is applicable in, in every new era, every prevailing culture. There's always an appropriate and a simple biblical response. So he says, guys, are you suffering hardship? Guys, throughout the thousands of years that human nature has existed on this planet, suffering has been experienced. Would you agree with me? He says, pray. You know what we do? We spend so much time in anxiety and worry and fear and bitterness and, 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 and counseling. And counseling is good, but are we praying? Think about it. When last did you actually pray about the hardship that you're in? So, okay, he's very simple about it all. The words of James, I believe, arrest us and they inspire us. Do you know why? Because what we see in this passage is spiritual authority and confident faith in Jesus. There's nothing that grows your influence more than your spiritual authority. When the whole world is spinning and you're calm and you're passionate about Jesus and you know Jesus and you're prepared to declare the truth of the word. Amen. Guys, this is not telling us out of reach. He says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Simple. That's it. You, know, you think about James's journey. Um, his family were very anti-Jesus at the beginning. Imagine finding that your, your brother is telling everyone he's the son of God. A bit tough to swallow. And now he's attracting attention and influence. And you could imagine all... The, the people you know in your village saying, tell me, what's gone with your going on with your brother? Is he nuts? He says he's God. He's healing people. So at one stage, they, the, uh, the mom, I don't know, I think the dad must have died quite young. And all the brothers and maybe the sisters were there and she just wouldn't see them. <laughs> she says, go away. I, I don't need this kind of complication. But obviously, somewhere along the line, the Holy Spirit spoke to each and every one of them. And we know that Mary became Jesus' greatest follower. And James went on a journey that resulted in him becoming the leader, actually, of the Jerusalem church. So, And I want to say this to you. If you're struggling a bit with faith, why don't you go on a journey of growing your faith? Just applying the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, uh, upping the temperature of your prayer. Um, and, you know, James got to that really point, that point where he just knew Jesus heals. 
Prayer works. <laughs> Simple. So obviously if we study the passage, we immediately note that the word prayer or pray pops up every, every few lines. And, and James is just saying, guys, can I, tell it, can I put it to you simply? You've got to learn to pray. <laughs> Question we need to ask, are we praying? So I've got four main points. I don't know, did we manage to get that table? There it is. I'm a great believer in four legs that keep a, ta- uh, uh, a table firm. Have you ever had a table with three legs or one leg shorter than the other? Your um, dinner will end up in your lap. The presence of God, prayer support from others, righteous living, and faith that is earnest and fervent. Guys, the first point that I believe comes out of this is the power of prayer is found in a consistent, growing, expressive relationship with God and the continuing presence of Christ. Do you know that when you and I lean into God, the presence of Christ is with us. Would you agree? Guys, I'm not being a lunatic. I'm not saying in the middle of a work meeting, you must stop and go into a prayer. I'm not saying that. There are times in our busy day uh, where we can't stop and just be praying. But you know what? We can live and work in an atmosphere of prayer because we walk down corridors, we go to toilets, we drive our motor vehicles, um, We walk down the street. There are so many opportunities for us to connect, to have a a consistent connection with God and to know the presence of Jesus. So when James speaks about prayer or praying, he's referring to interactive communication involving God that is ongoing, whether in the good times or the hard times. He says, guys, when you're suffering, pray. But if you're happy, then you've got to be, then you've got to really raise the tempo of your praise and worship. He said, guys, it it doesn't matter the season. Um, Do you know, scripture has a way uh, of explaining our relationship with God. And it's the word walk. Uh, We walk in the spirit. Um, We walk with God. And Enoch was one of the, the, the early biblical characters in the days when they lived quite long. Um, and he was one of two people who went to heaven without first dying. Does anyone know who the other one was? Elijah. Okay. And I, I did just a simple expression in Genesis 2, 23 to 24. Enoch lived 365 years, bless him, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. God just said, absolute rubbish. We just have such great fellowship. And I've got to come down from heaven. Yeah, I'm tired of coming down from heaven. You come up to me. Come. And they'll walk, just walking in fellowship. Guys, the beginning of a power ministry or the resuming of a power ministry is having a relationship. You know, we, when we arrive on Sunday and we've had a crazy week, we, sometimes we're almost saying, we're always looking for God. Um, aren't we? Have you ever been in that place? I said, yeah. You just think, I don't know what happened to me last week. Um, you, somehow you're at church, and so that's always a good point, isn't it? So when we, li- when we have a living relation with God, it's a regular interactive connection. 
You know what happens when things go wrong? We don't immediately resort to panic. I'm telling you, when, when, when you're busy with everything else, you're on your cell phone, you're watching Netflix, you're doing work, and, and somehow you're not close to Jesus, when things go wrong, we panic. And then we, we almost start random pot shot prayers, hoping the big man upstairs will do something. It's almost like kind of, um, it's an anxious prayer. Um, it's a prayer that's outside of a close relationship with God. You, 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 you're feeling panic. Um, guys, there's a strong link between consistency and potency. I'm not asking you to become an angel so that you, you're so perfect, you do nothing wrong, suddenly wings start to sprout outside of your back because the Bible says there's none perfect except God. Agree with me. But out of a consistent relationship, you will develop potency. I promise you, you will become potent. The sign of a healthy relationship with God, believe it or not, is when we engage in praise and worship and constant prayer, even when everything is going well. Listen, I've been a pastor for years. Before that, I was a leader. So I've been around the block. And I'd be too ashamed to tell you for how many decades. But man, have I seen come, people come to church broken, lost, marriage in tatters, job lost, no business. And God has blessed them. And for a short season, they're there. And then they don't need God anymore. Uh, and, 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 and they began to drift away. So I want to encourage you to connect with God even in the really, really good times. You guys with me? Guys, successful prayer flows when we hear God. That's why often, even in prayer and fasting, um, it's because you become more consistent in your relationship. Things start to happen. I remember... I didn't even know whether Jenny will remember it. And I just remember we were doing a long fast and Jenny was going down with flu. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And she was dropping me off at work. I can't remember the context. When I got home, she was, she was healed. Um, but you know, sometimes, because God heals in, in different ways. And um, we, uh, I've shared before the, the massive personal family storm we were in. Um, and... One small aspect of the storm was that when they did the scan on my daughter-in-law, they said the baby in the womb um, had a deformed foot. And, uh, and, and listen, the family was distraught. So I said, God, I'm going to hear from you. What do you want us to do? And God said, tell Derek and Roxy to decide on the name of the baby. And then you go and you anoint Roxy. Anoint the baby. And uh, we did that. There was a lovely sense of God. They called him Jude. So I said, we're not talking about the baby. We're talking about Jude. Because Jude is. Jude. And you know, when that little one was born, there was no sign of a club foot. And they just said there must have been a mistake on the scan. Come on, man. But are you understanding what I'm, what I'm saying? Guys, just stay consistent with God. Just grow your relationship and you will be potent. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Come on, man. This is exciting. So that, let's have the table back again. 
Thank God we got the back leg uh, there. The presence of God comes from our relationship. Let's, let's have a look at this little leg here. Prayer support from others. Guys, there's something about prayer support. I have seen people struggling at home, uh, praying on their own and coming to the house of God and healing has taken place. Miracles have taken place. And we know that it's actually biblical. Because um, we, we read what James said. He said, call for the elders. Do you notice that he didn't say find an elder? He said, call the elders. And I do believe he's talking about uh, spiritual leaders, spiritual leadership. It doesn't mean that that's your necessary your title. Um, and the people who, it's, it's, uh, the shepherds, the people who care for you, uh, and the core group in your life group, get together with them. You know what? You're not a hero. <clears throat> When you go to hospital and you don't tell anybody. After people, I said, what? You're in hospital for two weeks? I didn't want to bother anyone. Guys, that's unbiblical. That's unbiblical. Because we're called to be bothered. Uh, so that we can pray together. And, of course, the great scripture um, that I use enthusiastically if I'm praying for somebody is Jesus. Always Jesus. Sure, when Jesus speaks, you listen. Matthew 18, 19 to 20. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there amongst them. I'm there. There is power in prayer support. Did you guys know that? And you know, when, when we um, get you to write on prayer cards, um, we pray together. There's, a, there's an environment. If, if we pray for cards at our combined prayer meeting, it's about being together in prayer. And um, yes, uh, the, the leaders may not always go to your house, but, if, but, but seriously, if you can't get off your bed, uh, people can come and anoint you with oil and pray for you. Amen. There's so many testimonies. You know, I, the, the one that I always found the funniest, sorry, it, shouldn't, it, it wasn't funny at the time, was, uh, was my first church. I still wasn't a full-time minister. And uh, one of our leaders phoned me frantic in the morning. His dad was in hospital dying. I think they had amputated his leg. And they said this was his last day. And the whole family went to uh, the hospital. So what I did before I preached, I said, guys, let's stand up as a church. And we're going to pray for the family. We're going to pray for this man. And I tell you what, everybody raised their hands in prayer. And, and wow, I, I just felt God's presence. And that guy lived for another 15 years, I think. <laughs> that was it. No more death. <laughs> Bang. The, 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 the together prayer did it. Uh, I think of a lady, um, and this going back a few years ago, uh, connected to our church uh, um, and uh, she was diagnosed with leukemia. It was terminal. And, um, you, you know, to have the, um, sorry, what do they call it? When you, no, no, when you have uh, new blood. Uh, the Bone marrow transplant. They couldn't find someone. Eventually at the last moment they find um, the right bone marrow. Then the, the, the bone marrow uh, didn't actually work. She's got to take, even if you're fine. And I, I just remember how many are going to pray for her and having to put on all the isolation clothing. And um, 
And you know, uh, we, we, she, she actually asked me, I bumped into her a, a couple months back, and she said, you, we, we were planning for my funeral, weren't we? I said, yeah, we were thinking funeral. And, but you know what? Just more and more people prayed. And guys, come on, we've got social media today. Um, we, we, can, uh, we can get together. We can see great miracles when we pray together. Are you guys all with me? Does it make sense to you? Um, I know there was a, a child who was seriously injured in an accident in Durban. It was all on Facebook. The parents are pastors. And I think the, the, the mothers even visited different churches. Um, that child recovered miraculously because of prayer support. Of course, James instructed the use of anointing oil. Um, it was the practice at the time. Mark six twelve to 13. So the disciples went out telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Now, I, I think it kind of, it, it's a physical representation of an, of an invisible God. That's what I feel. But there are a lot of um, theologians who say that he also used medicine. Um, I, I don't think it certainly applied there because the medicine would be used for a wound, as we read in the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, but you know what? I do believe God can use medicine as well. Seriously, I can tell you a thousand stories where, where somehow the medicine has worked when it shouldn't have worked. I always remember praying for a man who had a desperately serious operation and they said it would be incredibly painful afterwards. So I, we got together and we prayed that when the op was finished, he would feel no pain. And I still remember that was my first year in the ministry. And um, that's exactly what happened. And when I visited him, he said, they got doctors from all over Joburg to come in and and, and question him and saying, seriously, no pain? Because he refused all pain medication. Uh, He said there must have been 15 doctors who came to check him out. So so guys, I think when it comes to healing, um, let's not be narrow-minded. We believe that God is in charge. He's an overall charge, and he's a God of healing. Amen. So we've got, let's have our table up again. Um, Table there with the presence of God, our relationship with God, prayer support. And let's move on to righteous living. Because he does say uh, the fervent prayers of a righteous man. And in that that passage, he has quite a bit to say um, about... um, Forgiveness uh, and God will forgive you uh, and that kind of thing. Um, So the power of prayer is found in living a righteous life before God. Okay, this is where a lot of people say, okay, count me out. I'm not perfect. So many people are too ashamed of their failings to even pray. They conclude that they've been disqualified. And can I tell you something? The devil will tell you that. Um, back in the early days, I, when I was praying for a teenage boy, it was a group of us, leaders and pastors. And this demon was talking with an adult voice out, out of this child. And, and you, you know how he tried to get us? He says, you know what? You've got sin in your life. So how can you tell me to leave? Hmm? So imagine you come, Jess comes to pray for me and now she's full of faith. And I say, Jess, it's just way too many uh, 
faults you've got. <laughs> uh, 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 Lord, Lord, heal Graham if it's your will. <laughs> um, because that's the truth. Who, who amongst us is perfect? Um, you see, what, what people do when, when, they, when, they, when, they, when they're actually aware of their failings, they try to sort all their problems out in their own strength. And you end up carrying a really, really heavy load. You know what James just says? Don't just get over yourself. Just ask God to forgive you and you will be forgiven. Simple. It's really simple, isn't it? <laughs> James is very positive. If you committed sins that have either caused the sickness, that are preventing God from hearing your prayers, you'll be forgiven. James is emphatic. You know why? Because the Word tells us that if we genuinely confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Um, in other words, grace and mercy uh, never goes away. And I'll read the scripture because I have to use it sometimes when I'm a minister. 1 John 1 verse 8 to 9. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So yes, when we exercise the gifts, when we pray for people, we're not praying as perfect people. But he says this, but, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Guys, my dad always used to say this, keep short accounts with God. Did you have a quiet time this morning? Did you confess your sins? That fight you had with your wife yesterday. You were rude to the, uh, the guy that for the third time didn't deliver whatever he promised. I don't know. I don't know where you, where you were. But we're going to do some praying now. And I'm, and I'm going to say to you, just pray. Guys, don't get weird. Life is a journey of repentance. And God gave me the revelation that the closer we are to him, the more we should be repenting. So the Christian, he says, you, uh, I, know, I know a year ago I had to repent because I, I, um, I stole that cake from the shop. But um, hmm. I've been praying for a lot of other people to repent. No, no. The more we repent, it means the more we are aware of our sin, we keep short accounts with God. So you know, you know what the desperate thing in the early days was? If your child or the person wasn't healed, the belief was you either had no faith or there was sin in your life. And um, friends of ours had a, a baby that was born with a, a liver disease called, I think it was a bilia atresia, was it? And shame the child died in her mom's arms on her first birthday. But the number of, of nutty Christians who came in and said, and you know, you start repenting of every sin you have and haven't committed. Lord, just maybe in case in 10 years ago, in 10 years time I'll sin. You, let, let's be honest, when you desperately need. But, but God's not calling us to run out of the place and let's find someone. And I fought with my brother when we were age 10. I gave him a black eye. Maybe that's holding back the healing. Guys, for crying in a, in a bucket, that is rubbish. Confess your sins and God is faithful and just to forgive us. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. When we, when we become born again, in that moment, God justifies us. You know what the word justification means? Okay, now I'm in theology. 
Very simple. Just as if I never sinned. So God looks down upon us as if we'd never sinned. That's why you can become a Christian and go to growth track. We don't ask you to walk on broken glass for a year and learn to, pre- learn to quote the Bible backwards and we want to see this and we want to see that. Um, yes, obviously, as an immature Christian, we're not going to place you um, in certain roles in the church. But guys, you can actually minister. You can get saved today and go home and pray for your sick parent and see them recover because you are justified. So will you never forget justification? Just as if I never sinned. Obviously, the the next process is what they call sanctification, and that really sounds a big word. But that's all about walking in the light and growing in God. Um, Okay, so that's that's totally amazing. Um, Let's read 1 John 1 verse 7. But if we are living in the light... As God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. So, so guys, it, it, it's, it's about living in the light. And for me, practically, that means having a daily quiet time, a daily reading. Please don't look for promises. Uh, when, I, when I hear Christians going on about promises, I know they're in a very immature stage. yes. The promises are there. The Bible says, seek the kingdom and these things will follow you. You don't have to get caught up on a promise um, because the promises are there anyway and God has given them. But our job is to walk in the light. So you guys all with me there? Are we all together? Um, remember, please do not judge somebody who is, has been prayed for and hasn't, and hasn't got well. The disciples did that. There was a blind man, and they said to Jesus, who sinned? Did he sin or his parents? Jesus wasn't happy. He said, neither. He said, this thing has happened to bring glory to God. And, um, and, 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 yet, and please don't hear what I'm not saying. If you are in a sinful stage, or, or, or there's something going on in your life that shouldn't be there, get rid of it. Anyway, apart from the healing. So it brings us to our fourth and last point, which is the power of prayer is found in faith that results in, in, in a fervency and an earnestness. Faith is such an important ingredient in a powerful prayer ministry. God is sovereign. He can do anything at any time. And, and guys, there are so many stories about that. But mostly God responds to faith. Faith is a determined trust and an all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, loving, and eternal God who's invisible. The writer to the Hebrews describes it. He says it's a confidence in the thing we hope for. Um, it is an assurance about something that we can't see. And I've been healed at different points in my life. Um, talk about fervency and earnest. I, I, got, I got asthma. I was a little boy with asthma. My dad, he just said, in Jesus' name be healed, and you will never have asthma again. Finished, claw, and done for. You don't even have to pray long. Sometimes we think if we pray and we shake heads and, 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 and rattle people. Um, guys, that's not, you know, an earnest, firm spirit doesn't mean pushing someone to the floor. <laughs> or shouting, be healed! Like, oh, the Holy Spirit says, oh my hat. But the Holy Spirit's heart's beating. I was just about to heal the person. So the Holy Spirit's not catching his breath and you shouting. No. 
earnest and fervent, it means, you know what? I know my God. I know He's giving me the gift. And I'm believing it because you've been struggling with this thing for 10 years. And right now, we're taking authority. We're going to believe in it. Amen. And earnestness comes out of loving and, and, and just believe. You know, um, the Hebrews eleven six. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Yes, the Bible says sometimes the timing of healing can be different. Would you agree? But um, I mean, I've been prayed for then at the unexpected moment, um, <clears throat> the healing has come. And, and, and Jesus loved it when people had faith. The, um, the Roman centurion, uh, sent some friends, or, or they went to Jesus and said, will you come and pray? His, his servant's dying. But you know, God did such a work of faith in his heart <clears throat> that as Jesus came, he actually said, stop. <clears throat> he said, I'm unworthy for you to come into my house. Sometimes we don't even think about whether. <laughs> and he says, let me tell you, I know that you've got authority. You just need to speak the word. And you can go and have a cup of tea at the restaurant down the road. You don't have to be, you don't have to be bothered. And, um, and you know what Jesus said? He was amazed, Luke 7, 9 to 10. Turning to the crowd that was following me, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. Again, in closing, I love James's powerful statement concerning faith. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It's confidence, it's faith, and it's determination. Not shouting, not spitting, not pushing. What do you think? What do you think about prayer? Have I encouraged you? Guys, it's, it's, it's there for everyone. If you know Jesus, if you know Christ. I remember the one... Um, Zambia trip we went on, we prayed and asked God to use us for healing. Teenage boys. And one teenage boy prayed for a, a man who was deaf, dumb, and blind. I think he could do nothing. When he was healed, the whole village was saved. And I think that boy was 15 at the time. Is this not the time to restore the power of prayer to the church? And we can not only bless ourselves, but bless the world out there.